Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, dedicated to making you a better seller. Recorded 4,827 miles across the Atlantic Ocean with Bobby Das from Houston, Texas, a father, husband, golfer, pilot, and tech seller. And Brian Evans, an expat in London, England, family man, 2X Ironman, and an ERP salesman. Both sharing tried and true sales strategies and providing free tools to make each week and campaign easier for you. They also answer your questions weekly. Now, here is Bobby and Brian. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? Welcome everyone to the Tech Sales Show where we're focused on helping you be a better tech seller. Bobby, why don't you take us through what we covered in the previous episode and talk us through the series a little bit. Yeah, thanks for joining us. If you're just joining us for this series, stop and go back and listen to last week's episode. We're in the middle of sales productivity. Uh, it's a series about how we stay uh, up to date, uh, current, and not let the noise get the better of us. So last week we talked about getting caught up. Um, we all get behind and, and we gave you some ideas on how we get caught up with our inbox and our schedule and make sure we're focused on the right things. This week's all about keeping up. So uh, we probably all have the opportunity to fall behind as sales reps. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we keep up with our quota, our accounts, our focus, and all that stuff today. And the next week, we'll wrap up the series with winning the day, kind of how we go about winning the day uh, from our morning routine to the end of the day, and then we do it all over again. Um, and hopefully, all of our little tips and the ways we keep up with it will make you better. And most importantly, we hope you share a lot of things with us so that we can even continue to hack our weeks, days, months, and years uh, to get more productivity out of ourselves. So Brian, we, we found a quote, we talked about it last week, but it's really the theme behind everything that we're doing in this series. Why don't you share the quote with the listener again and why we think it's so important. Yep, the quote is, we are only as big as the smallest thing it takes to divert us from our goals. And again, we talked about this in the first episode of the series. Uh, being productive is not about being good at computers or being good at tasks that completely misses the point of the series. This is all about making a conscious decision every single day about the uh, about how strategic we are in, in everything we engage, whether it's our home lives, professional lives, uh, side projects like the Texel show, um, athletic events, flying airplanes, riding a bike, all those kind of things, if we're, if we're more productive about how we go about our day, we can spend more time being strategic in the things that matter most to us. Yeah, and something just jumped to my mind. Like, everybody sees their world from their perspective, and, and we all see ours from our own, right? But why don't you spend any time learning how to fly a plane, right? Uh, I suppose it just, uh, I have a fear of of crashing said plane. So I don't feel like I'd be good at it, Bobby. Well, there you go. But I mean, there's thousands of people around the United States, around the world that today, right this minute are probably studying a manual on how to be a better pilot and whatnot. And it's very important to them. It's very critical maybe to their future and very critical to their side projects and side hustles. But to you, it's not. So you spend no time on it. There's a million things we could all spend time on and do. Um, if it's not important to you or if it's not something that's going to drive you, then don't do it. And it's really, I mean, if that diverted Brian, he might be fat because he doesn't have time to exercise anymore. We all have so many hours in the day. 
And by being prescriptive and focused on what you want to focus on, it really does give you the ability to do those things good, if not great. And that's what it's all about. So make sure you get caught up and stay caught up. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. I, I used to have this, um, I used to do a lot of triathlon and I felt like, man, that's, that's it. I, I love it. The fact is I kind of, I've got these great friends that do a lot of triathlon and I almost felt like a pressure to do it with them because I enjoyed running and cycling and I've completely relieved myself of that pressure to compete in events and just focus on what I really enjoy doing. And I really enjoy running and cycling and I have cut out that um, you know, I think I, I think a fair amount of stress is healthy for you, uh, but I've cut out that need to feel like I've got to do something uh, just because others are doing it. I, I just I love to cycle and love to run, so that's what I do. Yeah, I think I've cleared my plate from a number of things that I wanted to be really good at that uh, I still wouldn't mind being really good at, but they're just not as important, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I talk. I think I've mentioned it to you about golf. It's not something I'm going to just completely divert and run away from, but. Uh, other than playing with my son and helping my son become a better golfer, I'm going to put it on the back burner next year. And it's something that I'm proactively doing that's going to free up my time to do a lot of other things. And that's hopefully make the tech sales show better and do some other things that I think is important to those other goals we talked about. Love it. So this week we've broken it down into three things. Again, this is keeping up. So once you get caught up and you get rid of all that noise and you create your own calendar and you pick your big rocks – now we're all about keeping up. So our tips for keeping up, three tips again, three three sections again. Own your calendar. Um, don't let your calendar own you. So that's number one. Number two, balance the urgent with the important. We talked a little bit about last week, but it's so key to the series that the important things have to win over the urgent. And then number three, don't forget, great requires continued learning. So while and maybe that's really the most important or one of those most important buckets, but you've got to find a way to continue to learn and be better than most. It's just too easy to be average. And as you know, we don't like average. So again, three topics for today. Own your calendar. Don't let it own you. Number two, balance the urgent with the important. And number three, don't forget great requires continued learning. So let's start with number one, own your calendar. Don't let it own you. Brian, what do you, what does that mean when I say that to you? My calendar and my wife pokes fun at me. My kids poke fun at me because everything is on my calendar. That's important to me. So, um, and we'll get into some of the tactical ways that you can help better own your calendar. But my calendar is a, um, reflection of what is most important for me to accomplish, uh, in a given day, uh, given whatever that period of time is, hour, day, or week. Um, what is on that calendar is what I'm deeming is the most important thing I can be focused on. Yeah. Likewise, uh, you know, my family too, my wife, just, Mm -hmm. it took her years for me to train her. Just kidding, honey. It (laughs) took me years for her to understand why that, why something simple like a, uh, graduation from elementary school had to be on my calendar. Um, back in those days we would just, just go butt heads hard on why would I have to put that on your calendar? And I think that's part of the world we live in as tech sellers, that we have a schedule. We're all over the map. We don't go to an office building and work in the same room for seven or eight hours a day uh, and leave. Uh, and maybe the biggest trip we take is down the hall to a conference room. You know, we, we are all over the city. We can be, I can, I in Houston 
can quite literally be at a customer meeting and be more than two hours away from my home. It's not like I can just get back here quickly. So I have to plan travel time. You have to plan travel time on the train and uh, to and from London. Uh, and I just don't think some people in different type work settings understand that. So yeah, everything has to be on my calendar. And uh, it's interesting how uh, she finally understands and we put a lot of family stuff on there. And it's it's become second routine to her. You know, we bought season tickets for UT this year. Instantly, when we got those tickets, she put all those football games on the calendar so I would know when we were going to be in Austin. Um, and it's just a relief. So we, I specifically, own my calendar. If you remember, yes, in the last episode, we talked a lot about the the creating a schedule. And that schedule could be an annual one, a monthly, quarterly, weekly, hourly, daily one. Um, my schedule's pretty pretty locked in and what I'm doing on the weekends and days and now it's on that calendar I do not let people own me the biggest thing and the hardest thing once I got established in my career was learning how to say no there's many books on it I don't have a recommendation but kind of I have my own rule now and it's probably something that I learned from Tim Ferriss and some of the people that he interviewed if I can't say absolutely yes I want to do this then I try to punt that thing, uh, and I say no. Brian, it's probably the way you've got yourself out of doing triathlons. You weren't 110% a yes, so you started doing it a different way. How do you how do you yeah. find that you've learned, Brian, in your career to say no? Yeah, you. well, first, let me take a quick step back, because <clears throat> you made an important distinction. You, you said that as you've gotten further in your career, it, it's been easier to do this, and I, I – I feel the same way, and I, it's probably two reasons for that. One is because, one is because we're we've been doing it for a long time, and we we have a better feel of of what is the most strategic thing to be working on. One, I think the second reason is when you're younger and you're up and coming in your sales career, as many of our listeners are, it's super critical for you to be seen as someone that's there, available, ready to go, even if it means kind of pushing things around or extending your your work schedule a bit. So. Bobby, yeah, I feel the same way. I, it, it needs to be an absolute yes that this is going to help move the ball forward in something strategic uh, that I'm working on. Um, and if, if not, um, what what second um, or, or what, what could be more important for you to focus on? And that's what's going to be on my calendar instead. And to that point, I guess what's even more critical, my wife and I have this uh, saying amongst each other where she says, if I am going to do something and I tell her I'm going to be home at seven o'clock at night, she always presumes that I'm going to be home at nine o'clock at night. Um, if I'm going to do something like go to a happy hour or go to a company meeting or host another event and be involved, I'm going to do that thing 110%. So once I do get to yes, I do it. And I'm always the last guy that leaves um, because if I'm going to give you my time, I'm going to give you my time until you don't need it or want it anymore. And that's not to a fault. That's just there's too many people that aren't really present at those sorts of activities after hours. Or if I'm going to run a triathlon, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability up until that point. So um, keep that in mind, too, that if you're going to do it, then don't half-ass it. Um, if you get to yes, go go give it your all. So Yeah, great advice. Another tip I've talked about in the past on the podcast, but you might not have listened to every episode. As I own my calendar, I also block time on my calendar. I know we've talked about this uh, a few times, but I block my calendar with a two-hour block, and on that block I'll put STM and 
for whatever reason, no one's ever tried to overblock that time. No one knows really what it means. Now that I've told the world on this podcast, I guess they do know, but it stands for stop the madness. And for me, that's my catch up time. I might do my expenses. I might do some prospecting. I might finish some training that I need to finish, uh, or I might build a plan during that time. But if you don't block time to be prescriptive and intentional about what you want to accomplish on your calendar, I think that's going to just let you get overrun. What things do you do, Brian, to make sure that you have that catch-up time on your calendar? Um, two, two things for me. Uh, one is by default. So, so most people have Office 365 or Exchange servers that are that are newer. All that means is that you can make your schedule public internally for your company. The reason that's really important, in my opinion, to do is because when it comes time for a meeting to get arranged on a Thursday at two o'clock, I don't, I can't stand the process of going back and forth internally over email to find out if I'm available at 2 p.m. on Thursday. That is a complete and utter waste of their time and my time. So I publish full details of my calendar. I'm afraid of nothing to be seen on my calendar. Everything that's there, I'm fine with anyone reading. So, Bobby, you mentioned people see STM in there. And that's probably because you do the same thing. No doubt. I, I do not hide anything. I think people that only show their free busy to their corporate coworkers are uh, awkward at best. I, I don't know why they would do that. Um, and I put a lot of personal stuff on my calendar. I have a recurring invite on there right now for picking up my son from school from 145 to 215 every day. Uh, it's marked private. No one can see it. And if I'm not going to do that, then I take it off my calendar. But it's important for me to have that on there. Um, all my personal stuff that my wife puts on there is on my calendar. I just mark it as private um, and they can see that it's private. So what? I have my personal stuff on my calendar. Jennifer Hurd, one of the great interviews we've done on this podcast, said that she has all of her stuff on her calendar. Um, I don't think that's the wrong thing to do. I agree. I think we're, we're in a Jennifer Hurd is former VP at Microsoft and VP of the company she's at now. Um, it, we're, we're, we're past the point. You're in a profession, fortunately, if you're if you're in tech sales already, you're in a profession that's very respectable, respectful of working sometimes obscene schedules. So the fact that we're putting on some time to take my daughter to gymnastics, I don't even care. I don't even hide that stuff. It's on there at 4:45 on a Monday, and that doesn't mean I can always take her at 4:45 on a Monday. Sometimes my wife's got to take her uh, because I've got a really important client call. And, and I'll make, I'll, I'll kind of adjust my priorities as need be, but I put it on there because ideally I want to be the one that takes her there. Um, and if it comes down to it and it's been two weeks that I've missed, I'm not going to miss that third week. So you can, you can sync your private, your personal calendar. So if you have, if you use like office 365 for home or even some of the, you know, hotmails now, you can create a public shareable calendar that you can then sync with your work calendar and you can overlay. So like Bobby, you said, you've got all the football games. Um, I'll do the same. I, I put all the cowboy games on there. I'll put um, when the tour de France is going on, I'll put all the tour, you know, you can subscribe to the tour de France calendar. I'll, I'll hide that stuff and make that stuff private because I don't need that cluttering my, my work schedule, but it's very easy to sync additional calendars to your work schedule these days. And then the other thing that you have to do to make sure that your calendar's not owning you is, is to stay focused and not to get distracted. So 
if you do block time out like I do for stopping the madness, I can't use that two hours to look at Facebook or catch up with the political nonsense that's going on. Um, or uh, this past week getting caught up in the Ryder Cup as well, right? I mean, you've got to focus on on what you're really trying to accomplish. You have to own your calendar. You can't let it own you. It's so easy to get caught up on Twitter or whatever else. I, I've removed um, – I, ha- I still have news apps on my phone, but they do not send any sort of notifications because I don't need to know anything about uh, Kavanaugh. I – remove Facebook from my phone. I've removed Twitter from my phone because it's so easy if there's downtime to like instinctually grab my phone and see what's the latest thing going on at Twitter. That is not contributing to those big rocks that you talked about uh, on last week's episode, Bobby. And that's not easy for everybody to do, but you really should consider it. Um, I've removed everything but Facebook now, and I do that just really because I want to record my life with my family and have that to look back on. Um, but I, I try not to get distracted by all those other things, for sure. Uh, I have turned off all notifications so that I'm not getting the pop-ups from Facebook and everything else. So try that. You'll be surprised how much productivity you get back. So let's jump to number two for this week, balancing the urgent with the important. We'll probably talk about this each week. But it is so critical that the important beats the urgent. Now, we know, and I know, and I let it happen, there are things that will become urgent that have to be addressed. Um, Yesterday, my flight school had a sewer problem. That becomes pretty both urgent and important that needed to be attended to. Um, But... If it's just urgent, is there there are there tips and tricks and things that you can do to solve for that? And I think there are, um, where you're not just always always wrapped around the urgent axle. Um, so I, the way I try and deal with it, people come with this fire drill to me all the time, and I think I have created this little process that Bobby uses to say, "Is this really my problem?" That's kind of like the first thing, you know, is your lack of preparation that's created this urgent thing, really my problem. Uh, and if it's not, then uh, the second thing that I'll think through is, is this really an urgent task that's going to move one of my big rocks? So think through just some examples. You know, a customer who has a fire drill with a product that hasn't taken my phone call in six months, who now wants me to jump through a bunch of hoops for them, is that really the best use of my time in the next 30 minutes? Uh, and I try and think through those scenarios. And then third, it's, and I guess in general for me, am I going to be able to make an impact on this urgent matter? So a lot of times I can't fix it. I'm not a sewer guy, so yesterday's urgent matter wasn't something that I was going to solve for. I probably just needed to approve a few things and get the ball moving to accomplish that, to get that done. So I try to delegate as much of that whenever possible. What are the thoughts that you have when like this urgent fire drill comes up for you, Brian? And then I want to share some ways that I deal with the important instead of focusing on just urgent in my weeks uh, throughout the year. So for me, it's, uh, you know, I'm focused on <clears throat> opportunities and in, in deals that we're working on. And I, I know a lot of our listeners have that too, to where they may be working on, you know, say five or 20 different sales cycles that they're engaged in. For me, at the end of the year, let's say that I had a bunch of great internal meetings and met a bunch of great mentors and had great conversations with them, but I closed zero in business, that I'm not going to get rewarded. I'm not going to be seen as the person that gets things done within my company. So what what helps me get seen in my company and what makes me successful at my job and 
and contributes to those big rocks that we talked about is closing business. So for me, every single morning, one of the first things I will do is look at the the list of opportunities that I'm working on by quarter and think what is the most important thing I can be focusing on for each one of these opportunities. And it's hard to do because like you said, you wake up in the morning and you may have 20 emails sitting in your inbox and it feels so good to reply to an email, to check off a box that it's been completed, file that email away. That feels good. It's like we've been rewarded. There's like, what do they call it? Dopamine reward of, of getting a little task accomplished. And I'm not saying that I don't carve out some time to do, to clean up some things and to knock, knock some things off that list. But the single most important thing I can be doing is moving those opportunities one step closer to getting closed. And that means being very stingy with my time. Yes. I think that's the key is be stingy with your time. So what I what do I do to keep the important top of mind throughout the, the, the week, the month, the quarter is I, I try to keep those things scheduled. So I think we've shared a lot, but I had wrote an article, a blog post, uh, and it's something I still do uh, on an ongoing basis. And I, I call it call 10, but I call someone in my, in my ring of people, my network of people uh, in the morning and in the afternoon, just to stay engaged. I don't do it to uh, ask for anything. I just try to stay connected. Sometimes that's a birthday call. Sometimes that's an anniversary call. Sometimes it's just a random call to, uh, to get engaged. Um, but I, I do that so that I don't have this urgent request for that person when I'm out of the blue needing to talk to them. So, um, it's just one small way that I do the important stuff on an ongoing basis, uh, to stay connected with my network that I don't create those things that are urgent for me. I love it. It's the call 10. You've talked about it forever. I'm not, that's something I'm not good at. I need to get better at that. It's, um, like you said, you're not, you're not calling asking for an introduction into a, a prospective customer or, or anything like that. You're, you're doing it to stay in touch. It's very deliberate. Um, yeah, that's a great habit. It's something I need to get better at. And I'm sure there's a few listeners that do too. And, and if I said I didn't miss a day, I'd be lying. But <laughs> it, it, it is intentional that I try not to. So um, let's jump to number three. Uh, so we've covered own your calendar, don't let it on you. Balance the urgent with the important. And then don't forget, number three is don't forget, gray requires continued learning. Uh, each interview we've done, we've asked the interviewee how they keep up with the, the world of technology and all things that are going on. And uh, they all had different ways of doing it, but they all had a way of doing it. Um, I think everyone that's listening to this podcast, you have nailed it. You are listening to our podcast to, that's helping you keep up with things. Great job. But um I joke, but at the same time, you, you do need to listen to podcasts. You do need to find a way to consume all the all the world's information as best you can. Brian, just at a high level, what do you do to, to keep up with things to continue learning? Yeah, same. I, I, have, I have a number of podcasts that I listen to. I'd love to hear the ones that you're listening to. I think we share some of the same ones. Um, books on the train for me uh, it's a great opportunity for me to kind of zone out and, and listen to a book or read a book um, there are we talk we've asked this of all of our the people that we've interviewed so there are certain sites that I'll uh, subscribe to the Harvard Business Review is one of those um, but yeah I, I love this and I we have good stuff that our listeners forward on to us as well so please continue to do that as well Bobby what's how do you stay educated how do you um, kind of keep your mind always in an open mode 
Yeah, podcast is definitely it. I spend a lot of time on the road, so there's a few very specific EMC and or data center centric type things. So I listen to those podcasts. Um, we, I guess we have one that's internal that's actually public, but it's 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 all things. Um, all things Dell EMC, which helped me keep up with some of the technology stuff, some of the roadmap stuff, etc. Uh, much like you do with the books to kind of check out, I do that with podcasts too. Um, I like to listen to some things that uh, keep me distracted from this world sometimes. So uh, I every Tuesday, Cold Case Files is my podcast. So it's about nice. a 30-minute episode of, of those old TV shows called Cold Case Files. Um, and they just narrate them. It's it's pretty good the way they put those stories together, but it lets me check out from this world, but maybe takes me a little bit back to my old world of being a police officer. Um, so it's fun to listen to that kind of stuff as well. I, I listen to a lot of books. I mean, I could scroll and scroll through my Audible account. Uh, not always tech, sometimes also a disconnect from this world. And then something else. Uh, I just bought and listened to a book on how to write better. I still have a passion about continuing to write better blog posts and those sorts of things. Uh, so I'll listen to that kind of stuff as well. Grammarly is a good one for that, Bobby. I'm, I'm, I wasn't the best. I wasn't the best student uh, growing up. So Grammarly is an app that you can put on your phone. You can put it uh, on your computer as well, PC or Mac. That helps uh, correct grammar really sharp. So question, I, I've always thought about it, but I, 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 much like our listeners, probably the stigma, is it expensive? How does it, how does Grammarly work? Let's share that real quick, I guess. There's a free version. There's a paid for version. The paid for version allows you, I think it's like, I think the give is you get more, it'll connect to more systems, but yeah, it's, it's cheap. It's, I think it's like 30 bucks a year, something okay. like that. Wow. And That's... it makes you so much more effective, like your communication style it, for me, it's I, I grabbed it initially because when I moved to the to the UK almost two years ago, I needed a way. There's about 300 words that are different in the US English language versus the UK English language. And I needed to make sure that as I'm communicating with these executives that I'm using the right terminology. Um, but now I use it for everything. It, it's, it's completely changed the way I write sentences and, and think about how I communicate. Since most of the stuff you put in our OneNote are misspelled in your UK, <laughs> you're going to need it when you come back so that you can get things right when you get back to the States. That's right. They love the S's instead of Z's over here. I noticed that. So other things I do from a learning perspective is probably everyone in the tech world has some sort of online training that they do regularly with their company. At Dell EMC, we have quarterly training. And it's really weird. Most of my peers act surprised that all of a sudden we have quarterly training again this quarter. Um, I, I, I'm, I have a reminder on my uh, Outlook system that says, hey, on the first day of every quarter, go check to see if the quarterly training is available and knock that stuff out. And I don't do it in a way to just get a green checkbox so that I'm done. I do it because my company thinks that it's important for me to learn that technology or learn the new programs or learn the new trade-in stuff. And I get really smart by doing it. Um, I know we have a passion around not being average, Brian, but what is your take specifically on knowing your wares of what you sell? I, it's it's really strange to me. I think the, um, the single biggest hack that I, I, it shouldn't be a hack, is being the smartest guy or girl in your team on the technology that you sell, whatever that is. Why, 
what's you 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 listen to the show you're listening to the show so you're obviously not not a person that's um trying to stay away from work you're what you're wanting to get better at your job why not take it a step further and and many of you already are but why not take it a step further and be the smartest person on your team about the technology it is you're selling doesn't mean you need to be delinquent in being a great salesperson it goes hand in hand with being a great salesperson be the best the number one person that understands every aspect of the product you're selling it will not only open up career opportunities for you as a salesperson to move up the sales leader ladder you'll also be considered and want to do people will want to connect with you in the product team on the marketing team you're going to be a pretty valuable asset to your company yeah it's so easy to be average people that you just shouldn't let it happen. Um, you have plenty of access to this stuff. Your company will love it if you do it. And then you become real valuable, as Brian said, because you will know it better than most. And that gets you attention for sure. The last thing that I'll sh- share on this um, don't forget great requires continued learning is to ask for feedback. We've talked a lot about mentors, ment- the mentee mentor relationship on the podcast, but Ask for feedback. Uh, ask your peers what could you be doing different or better. Ask those specialists on your teams, those solution consultants, those managers of managers. Um, ask for feedback. You'll be surprised, I think, at times what you'll get. And then sometimes you'll be surprised by the praise and accolades you get on the good stuff you're doing. So ask for feedback. Uh, I guess quickly, Brian, as we as we start to wrap up this episode, what's one time you ask for feedback that you got some shocking feedback or uh, were surprised by the feedback you got? Hmm. That's a good one. Put them on the spot, people. <laughs> Put me on. Uh, so, that, yeah, so I got a piece of feedback, I would say, six months ago that I still ruminate on. And I don't – it was about – and it actually aligns very closely with what we talked about of being really strong and sharp in your product. You can hit a point to where you know your product so well that it's time for you to start diversifying. So the feedback I got for somebody, a mentor that I, I dearly respect, very, very sharp guy, was, you, was, Brian, you need to be careful that you're not aligning yourself too closely to one single thing and that you start diversifying um diversifying your your product knowledge set so i i kind of i kind of took what we're talking about of being the number one guy and took it to maybe a bit of an extreme yeah and that's good and now you're resonating on that so you might not have got had you not asked and had you not gotten that feedback the outcome could have been pretty career setting back damaging almost had you not asked for that feedback so what about you well i've heard a lot of feedback in my day for sure um I think the the feedback that in the last six to twelve months that I heard was that uh, I wasn't getting executives involved enough. And while I thought I might have been, I, I was I quote unquote was winning alone, and in this one instance had a real shot at losing Malone, and that could have been pretty detrimental mm. to my my time at Dell EMC as well. So um, I got some people involved. Uh, we ultimately did have a setback in that deal. But it was one that we all were aware of why we had that setback, and it wasn't something I was doing kind of as that lone wolf as we've talked about. So it definitely it definitely shielded or protected my image because that executive was engaged as well and clearly knew exactly why we were having the setback. It was 
pushed, pushed, pushed kind of a thing um, that I wasn't yeah. having to just make up a reason why things were pushing. So don't don't forget to ask for feedback, people. It's very important, and you can always learn no matter how far you get in your career. So today, we talked about owning your calendar. Don't let it own you. Balance the urgent with important. Don't forget great requires continued learning, so keep learning. So as we wrap it up, please remember to share our podcast with a friend. We are now branded everywhere as TechSalesShow.com. Our email address has changed. Please give us five stars on your favorite podcasting app. Anything to add, Brian? Yeah, I've got one very specific request. If If you're listening to this show today, share it with two people. Two people you either work with, two people that uh, you know on LinkedIn. And if you really want to give it uh, an extra, publish something on LinkedIn about an episode that you liked. Oh, amen. I like that one a lot. Share it on LinkedIn. Tag us. We'd love to see it. Um, so please do that. And as always, remember, average sucks. Average is the enemy. Thanks for listening to the Tech Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show with Bobby and Brian. Subscribe to their email list by going to bobbyandbrian.com and follow them on Twitter at Bobby Brian Sales.